Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. I'm Sharon O'Neill, and in today's episode of The Bell Tell, Kidnapped in Broad Daylight... A young woman snatched off the streets and thrown into the boot of a car. Not once, but twice. There is an alleyway, you know, on the left, and I just skimmed past it. That's when he grabbed me in. His grip was very strong, and then it was just a struggle. I didn't have any hope. It's the stuff of movies and nightmares. But this was real, and it happened right here in Northern Ireland. I just remember seeing the boot open, and that's when I knew this was really bad. I think I just screamed, just roared. Her remarkable story for survival, in her own words. It was the most terrifying face I'd ever seen. This is a walk you would take regularly. This was at the height of the pandemic, so you feel safe in your Mm. area. Absolutely, yeah. Walking was the only thing you could really do. And it was something different from just being inside. Um, I loved a morning walk to start off the day. Um, So yeah, that was the last thing I was expecting. I was just walking up the road. I could see my house from where I was. um, And I was trying to decide whether, you know, I would go straight home or if I would add another wee loop on. Um, Just for it was, you know, there weren't many people out, but it was quite nice. Felt like I had, the, you know, the road to myself but um yeah I was just listening to music just in my own wee world and yeah that's when it then happened. What it was is barely imaginable and it all unfolded just yards from the teacher's home in Portadown. There is an alleyway you know on the left and I just skimmed past it and I probably couldn't have been closer to it. Sometimes I would have crossed the road before that and I often wonder you know, what if I had across the road earlier, would he still have tried or not? But who knows? Um, but yeah, so I skimmed past the alleyway and that's when he grabbed me in. And the alleyway, it was about 20 metres long. Um, so yeah, being pulled in there. And I thought initially this must be, it must be a prank. I must know who this person is. Um, but just a lot of confused feelings. Didn't really understand what was happening. Um, and then it was just a struggle, you know, a physical struggle trying to get away, but he was yeah, very tall and you know, a built guy as well. And I just knew I had no hope. <laughs> when, he, when you felt that grab, how did it feel? And did you feel that initial fear? Yeah, I just remember that his grip was very strong. Um, and I then, 
remember thinking, oh, he'll stop, you know, he'll realise this, you know, why would he be doing this? It didn't seem right. Um, and I tried to, you know, dig my heels into the ground and resist and grab onto anything around me, but he was just too strong. And then that's when the fear just increased. And um, when that fear increased, what was going through your mind? I knew that I hadn't seen mum, and, mum or dad that morning, so no one knew I was out. So then I freaked out even more because, you know, it seemed this wasn't going well and I wasn't going to get home. And when would someone at home realise that I, you know, I had left the house that morning? So that was a big thing going through my head. Um, I think it, though initially I thought he just wanted to rob me. He wanted to, and in my head, I don't know if I said it audibly, but I was trying to tell him to take my phone, take my AirPods. I didn't have money, but I was just, you know, take anything from my pockets. Um, Did he say anything? He didn't say anything, no. Um, you know, I guess with the physical exertion, he, you know, grunting and noises like that, but he didn't say anything. And when did you fear for your life? Yeah, I thought he would attack me in the alleyway, but he seemed very intent in lifting me. And then I think I was upside down at the time. It's all a bit of a blur, but I just remember seeing the boot open of the car at the at the other end of the alleyway, and that's when I knew, I, yeah, this was really bad. How many times did he try and get you in the boot? Twice. I don't know how I managed to get out the first time. It's all, it's just a blur, but. Did you, was he, did he physically have you in the boot? Yeah, so he threw me in head first. So my head was in the boot and it was my feet that were still out of the boot. And that's when I saw him for the first time. And I remember that was just terrifying. You know, he had had a hood up and he was very tall. So he, before that he was towering above me, whereas this time he was looking down. Um, so seeing his face was, it was the most terrifying face I'd ever seen. And I guess that was just because what he was, what he was trying to do. But I just thought everything about him was terrifying. And I remember trying to look for some sign of emotion, you know, but when I saw his face, I knew it was just cold and really terrifying. But then, yeah, it was him trying to close the boot down on my feet. And I just remember you know, trying to throw myself out. And I remember being down by the car outside of the boot. Um, and that's when I started to scream, literally, you know, scream for my life. <laughs> um, and then I was in the boot again. And somehow, I don't know how, but then I was out of the boot. <laughs> it's just one of those things, it's just a blur. It happened so fast, but yet so much was going through my head. So it seemed like a long time, but it must have only been seconds. So it was kind of like, was it that kind of feeling of fight or flight? Mm, yeah. Although back then, I, the irony, I had a knee injury, so down the road before it happened, I was stretching out my leg because my leg was really sore in my knee. So I didn't feel up to full strength at all. Um, yeah, I felt very weak. <laughs> and are you amazed you managed to get out there yourself? Yeah. In the alleyway, I didn't have any hope because I was trying, digging my heels in, trying to push against him. But the fact he got me into the boot, he was, 
you know, he was winning. <laughs> um, but I think it was my scream. I think it was the screaming that that scared him off. I kicked him a lot, but apart from that, I did just feel very weak and I didn't really feel like I had much hope. I just remember it hit me, there is a house right next to this car. Why is he doing it here? This seems ridiculous that, you know, people are meters away in their house. And that's when I knew I needed to scream. And I definitely gave it my all. <laughs> Did you think they were your last ones? Yeah, 100%. And I remember thinking, you know, I'm still quite young. Um, and, you know, I'd like more time with my family and friends and this is not how I saw my life going at all. Did you almost say goodbye to your family in that moment? Mm. I think the fact, you know, I hadn't got to say goodbye that morning to them just really hit me hard. Um, I think, you know, there are a lot of things that you would want to have said to loved ones and then in that moment, not having, thinking that was the end and not having the chance to do that. Um, yeah, that was definitely going through my head a lot. I don't know if I did it audibly or not, but in my head, I was crying out to God as well. I think just in desperation. My faith would be a big part of my life anyway, but I think, Anyone in that moment as well, you know, in that helpless state, would just cry out. So how did you manage to get away and how did you feel running away? Mm. Well, yeah, so I'd screamed really, really loudly. Um, and the lady who thankfully heard, um, she was quite a bit away. So I think, yeah, the scream definitely must have been quite loud. And it was right next to the car. I was you know, on the ground um, trying to get away myself but he did let go um, and then I ran he sort of pushed me in the direction of the alleyway for I everything was a blur um, and I ran back down the alleyway and did you literally run for your life? I just remember being in complete shock that I was free but yet I didn't feel free <laughs> I didn't feel safe at all, but I knew I needed to get home, but I didn't really even know how to get home. <laughs> um, and I think I just ran straight out across the road, didn't look left or right. And then that's when his car, for he was parked in the neighborhood and then he had to pass me. So I remember just fearing, you know, him then changing his mind, realizing that I had seen him, you know, that I could maybe identify him. Um, but I just kept running and tried not to look at him for I didn't want him to then realise that I could definitely see what he looked like. And so I, yeah, I ran up the hill, still fearing that he would come after me and assuming that he would. Um, and yeah, I just remember my legs just feeling like absolute jelly. Um, and yeah, I was just very panicked. And you managed to get here to your parents? Yeah, I ran down the hill and such relief. I, I think I was screaming again. So dad, my dad was in having his breakfast and he heard me coming down the hill um, and he took me in. Now safe after a terrifying ordeal, which saw her fight off her crazed attacker and abduction, we now knew her desperate screams in that alley had been heard. 
and we've spoken to the young mother who instantly knew something wasn't right. I was actually sitting on the bed. My daughter was downstairs. She was playing on her Xbox and the window was open. It had been quite, it was whenever we had the warm weather and I had the window open all night and I was lying on top of the bed flicking through my phone and I heard screaming coming from outside and at first I was a bit like that must be a kid's out playing but I heard it a second time and I thought no that's not right and I could hear um, help someone help me get off me please get off me someone help and it, it was the type of scream that would make any person stand up and go something's not right and when I looked out the bedroom window I could see where the screaming was coming from. So what did you see? Because your room kind of looks right onto that corner. It does, yeah. So whenever I stood up and looked out the bedroom window, I could see a car had been backed up to the walkway at a very unusual angle. There wouldn't normally be cars down in that cul-de-sac because everybody has driveways. I could see it was backed up and I could see a man, all black, standing at the boot of a car and he was slamming the boot closed. The boot came back up and a foot came out and he tried to slam the boot down again. But it was the minute I seen the foot and I put it together with the screaming that I knew there's someone in the back of that car. And can you place yourself back then at that time seeing that foot? What was going through your mind? It was automatic sinking in my stomach feeling. I couldn't believe that I was actually seeing what was happening. And I just thought to myself, that that's a fit. Put the screams and the shouts with what I was seeing. And I knew there was someone in that back of that boot. And I ran down the stairs with my phone in my hand, calling 999. But when I got onto the top of the step, his car was just coming to the top of the cul-de-sac. He had stopped at the top of the cul-de-sac, looked left, looked right at me. I looked right at him and he drove off and I had a sheer feeling of just wanting to be sick because I didn't know if she was out of that boot. As far as I was aware, she was still in that boot. And when did you, when did you find out she hadn't, she wasn't? About two hours after it happened. It was whenever the police came round. Um, they had cordoned off the area down at the bottom and it was the inspector who had came up to have a chat with me and the first thing I asked him was did he get her and he says no she got out of the car that was the first I knew so I spent that time physically sick thinking she was in the boot of that car I should have ran after the car why did I why did I just stand at the bottom of the steps why did I not run after the car but and when the officer told you she's okay how did you react sheer relief sheer relief. I have a daughter of my own and all I could think was that was someone's child. Didn't matter how old she was, at the end of the day it was someone's child being shoved in the boot of that car and all I could think the entire time was where is he taking her? Is she okay? What's he going to do? And just hearing the officer say she's okay, she got out. It was like the weight of the world being lifted off my shoulders that she was okay. To prove that to herself, the young teacher went back to the alley with me to face her fears. Dragged through here. And that feeling of being dragged, you, can you feel it right now? 
if I really think about it, yeah. And what are you seeing? Yeah, just then at the end, the car with, with the boot open. Um, yeah. Could have been a very different story. Definitely, yeah. This predator is now behind bars and no longer a danger to women. Once the alarm was raised, a huge manhunt began. Help from the community was crucial to tracking him down. No, he was caught very quickly. Yeah. And that was down to the public, really. Yeah. And what would you say to the public? Mm. What would you say to people out there? You know, basically, they saved you. Mm. Yeah. Um, I know it was the things that you see on Facebook that you don't think would actually work, but they did work, and so they do work. <laughs> um, I think, you know, a politician had put out um, an appeal, um, and the police had, you know, they did a fantastic job as well in the day, and they also appealed for witnesses. Um, and then a girl who had been followed by him earlier that day and she had remembered the number plate um, and she phoned in. If he hadn't been caught that quickly, mm. what do you think could have happened? I think, you know, having heard the other evidence of him following other girls, at least three, possibly four, um, from, you know, we're aware of up to a week before this event happened and also that morning, I think he would have kept trying. I think at that point he was just unstoppable and he was very determined to do what he had set out to do. So he couldn't get you, mm. but do you think he would have gone on to get somebody? Absolutely. Yeah. What could have happened to you that day? Mm. Probably a rape and murder case. It was one of those things, it was sort of the elephant in the room that no one wanted to mention, but um, you know, when chatting to the detective after it, that's what he said probably would have been looking um, like that sort of case. What exactly did the detective say to you? He said, yeah, that you were very, very lucky. Um, had the boot have closed, it would have been a rape and murder case. And when you were told that? I think it, yeah, just lost for words. <laughs> Hard to know what to think or what to feel. Um, just a lot of relief. <laughs> and thanks that it didn't happen. And we now know in the back of that car he had, in that boot you were in, mm. there was rope and everything. Really? Mm-hmm. Didn't even know that. I remember there was a some sort of black box. I remember seeing a black box. And that was bizarre to me. And I remember, you know, worrying about what, what was in that box. But I yeah, I didn't know about that. To him, you were just a woman mm. that he wanted to pick up yeah. and do whatever he wanted to. Yeah. Do you realise how lucky you were? Yeah, definitely. I think especially with things that have then happened in the new sense, it makes it a whole lot, you know, it brings you back into reality, um, the threat that it was and what could have happened. How much has it affected you? Do you kind of mm. tend to put it to the back of your mind? 
It does cross my mind a lot, day to day. I definitely think about it a lot. Um, but not always in a negative way. You know, I'm very, you know, very grateful that I am here today. I'm very thankful for that. Um, so that is a positive and yeah, but it, it is just always in the back of my mind. I'm you know, very alert to things around me, um, which is good in a way, but at times I guess it can be frustrating. <laughs> Um, just not trusting people around if someone's walking too close. Yeah, I don't like that. <laughs> Do you feel as if you're looking over your shoulder all the time? Yeah, definitely. So those first few weeks after, I knew I needed to force myself to get out and walk again. I think, in a way, that was that bit of control that I had. You know, that control I didn't have during what was happening. But then after it, you know, there was that pushing my mind, you can go out and go for a walk. And I remember forcing myself to do that and I could take control of that. I didn't want him to win in that way. Um, but it still, it didn't make it pleasant. And those first few walks of my own were just horrible. Obviously there's a lot of discussion about violence against mm -hmm. women and things like that. Now, what do you hope your case does in relation to that? in relation to women out there? In a way, I wanted to give hope. So often we hear of the stories that don't end well, and it wasn't my strength. It wasn't, you know, I never decided to fight back. My body just did that and I just screamed, but I wasn't really, you know, able to make that decision. But in a way... Does um, this case highlight that there are people like that here? Well, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you always read it happening somewhere mm. else. Yeah. So what would you say to women, young women like yourself out there? I think it is really important to be aware that the threat is closer than you would like to think. And it, you do want to be aware of that, but yet you do want to let that stop you from living your life as well. And that's something I definitely had to come to terms with. You know, if it it could happen on your doorstep, you know, where you least expect it. But that's where you do want something to be done. For I realised after it, you know, if I let it affect me in the way that it very well could, ha could have, and I took the attitude that I wasn't safe anywhere, because I wasn't safe inside, I could see my home. And yet it happened so close to my own home. So then there is the temptation just to stay in and not, not ever go out, but that in a sense lets people like that win. But then there has to be a healthy response to it where something needs to be done. Sarah Everard, Ashleen Murphy, just some of the women who didn't manage to escape the clutches of their attackers. This young teacher is now speaking out and feels lucky to be doing so. This episode of The Bell Tell was produced by Sharon O'Neill and Graham Davison.
Ruby Frankie was known by millions as a very tough mom. That's exactly the way she wanted it. The social media star amassed a huge following of supporters and detractors alike, preaching the values of strict discipline. But you'll learn in a new podcast available exclusively on Wondery Plus how the small empire built by this momfluencer crumbled the moment her 12-year-old son escaped their home and called 911. Wondery and Law and & Crime bring you the new podcast, The Rise and Fall of Ruby Frankie, which explores the allegations of starvation, torture, and emotional abuse leveled against Frankie and her business partner, Jody Hildebrandt. Learn about the family's path to stardom, the depravity investigators uncovered inside the home, and hear in-depth analysis of the ongoing criminal trial. Listen to The Rise and Fall of Ruby Frankie exclusively and ad-free on Wondery Plus. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts.